Welcome back to Man to Man Podcast. This is your host, Anna, and I'm here with the lovely Connor Wojcik. Hello. How old are you, Connor? I am 22 years old. Connor's 22 years old, and he is a friend of mine and hilarious, and I feel like ever since I've met him, I've always, we always get in conversations where, well, obviously we're dying laughing always, but we, I feel like we always somehow get back to your sexuality because it's something that I'm really interested in and you're so open about talking about it. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I asked him to come onto the pod if he was comfortable talking about everything, and he was. So, here we are. Here we are. You have a good day today? I had a great day. He had a busy, productive day. couple interviews. Already, yeah. So, second one of the day, why not? <laughs> get it done with. I know. This one isn't going to be as intense as your job interview, but... Well, maybe it will be, actually. It's going to be a bit more personal, We'll see where this takes us, for sure. Okay, Connor, how would you identify yourself in terms of, like, your sexuality? Yeah, so I would definitely say I'm 100% gay. Um, <laughs> I have never really had, you know, a wavering opinion or, like, thought process on that. It's always kind of been pretty clear for me, which I think is kind of a blessing in a way, because there's a lot I don't have to figure out about myself, as I already did do a lot of work figuring out myself. Um, but yeah, I definitely would say I'm I'm a gay man. Did you always know or was there a time when you're like, oh, I like men? Yeah. So honestly, I feel like I've always known 100 percent. But like the pressure of the environment you grow up around is 1000 percent like a huge influence on what your decision making process becomes. And so for when I was thinking about um, like even coming out or even where I stood in my identity, um, as much as I had kind of a confounding thought of something isn't normal or quote unquote normal with um, the way I'm thinking or the way I'm attracted to people, it was never really explored for me, I guess, even though it was always there. I just never really wanted to explore. I didn't want to know more about that side of myself. I wanted it to go away. Um, but I definitely always knew it was always there. It was just about confronting it and like what to do with that thought once you have it. So when did you come out? I came out after high school, um, which was 1,000% after I kind of started getting comfortable with my sexuality was right when I wanted to do it. I felt coming out in high school was a terrifying thing to do, especially considering you've known some of these people your whole life. And at, knowing you're going away to college, too, you want that perception everyone's always had of you to stay the same and everyone to see you as the same person you were growing up with, not that he's gay now or that's him. Like he's a gay man now. I wanted just to be Connor to everyone in high school and after high school. Um, so I took some time after high school, after I started going to college for a little bit. And I had told most of my friends at that point, right, as high school was ending or in the process of ending. And then I had not told my parents for a while. Um, I did get very drunk one time <laughs> in <laughs> Iowa freshman year and called both my brothers and was like, I'm gay, I'm gay. And they were like totally fine with it, like totally chill. It was like a really easy vibe. Um, but because of that, they then asked my parents if I had any or if I had told them any big news ever, you know, in the recent days. So that kept my mom up for like weeks, literally. Um, and she came into my room at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. one time and just couldn't fall asleep, obviously. Um, and woke me up and just kind of started asking me. She was like my brother, Tyler. She said, Tyler asked if you had told me anything really important lately or kind of what's the big deal with that? Like, I can't sleep. You're stressing me out. And I just kind of outwardly told her. And, um, it was like definitely a difficult conversation to have. Like she was not in any way neglectful to the fact or, um, in any way, shape or form, like that's not okay. Um, but it was more of just, I think, watching your parents get comfortable with something that they've been told is wrong so long in front of your eyes is so hard to watch because you just want them to say everything perfect, but they can't. And so that was definitely really a hard thing, just knowing that everything in her heart is 100% there, but at the same time knowing that it's still going to be a learning curve and there's going to be things that we have to get over ourselves. But um, it was definitely a hard process, um, but I don't regret it in the world, actually, and it's funny because I actually never even came out to my dad. Like I was just going to ask, how yeah. did your dad? Um, so I have a really good relationship with both my parents. My mom and I are just more emotionally in tune with one another. Um, and so when it came to telling my dad, I knew nothing was ever going to change. It wasn't that I was afraid of telling him. I just wanted it to like be over at that point and be like, I am your son who is gay now. Like I literally asked her, I was like, can you just tell dad for me? Like I will eventually have the conversation with him, but I just kind of want it to be in the air and not some like big things. I didn't want anything to change or be like, 
from this day forward, Connor has come out to us kind of vibe. Like, I just want it to be, like, very, very low-key and subtle, just, like, this is my life now. Like, I would love for everyone to support me, and everyone has. So it's been good, but also it was really, really difficult, and it took me literally, like, 20 years to be able to get to that point. Um, but even now I called them and told them we were doing this interview and they were extremely proud of me and Aww. they know it's hard for me to talk about like some things sometimes. Um, so it was good to hear them that they, they support me like 100%. I'm extremely lucky and blessed to have them. Like I actually can't believe it. Um, but it was definitely hard. Yeah. So you were 20 when you came out? Yeah, like 19, 20-ish. You mentioned a couple times that something that was really fearful for you was to be seen as oh, Connor's gay instead of just Connor. Mm-hmm. How frustrating or difficult is it for you to sometimes, I guess, depending on the person, be seen as not just a man, but a gay man? Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess I, I don't have like an issue being seen as someone who is gay. Like I am a gay man. That is how I identify. I guess it's just difficult sometimes when you don't know someone and they assume that's a personality trait or that that makes up my entire being, which is just not true. Um, and it also gets hard, too, because you want to be able to like defend yourself and you know stand up for yourself and be like, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't say it like that or if you didn't call me, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then also it's hard because you don't want to be seen as sensitive or as someone who takes things too literally or didn't get the joke or whatever. And so... Especially me growing up being bullied my entire life for sounding gay or being feminine. Um, it's always been something that's like really hard for me is standing up. And like, I really do enjoy standing up for myself in the right situations. But at the same time, it's you never know how you're going to be received. And I just don't want to be called sensitive like ever again. Honestly, I've been called sensitive my whole life as a result of being bullied. So it's like, right. it's difficult to be to have that in between of like, I want to stand up for myself, but I also want to be able to be a person that cannot be judged because they're standing up for themselves, if that makes sense. Right. And also being called sensitive is another stereotype of, exactly. of, yeah. for gay men. Mm-hmm. It's like you you almost feel like you can't stand up for yourself because of the fact that if you're called sensitive, they're like, oh, it's, you know, he's a sensitive gay guy. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's just not how it is. Or like, he's being a bitch right now. Like, there he goes. And it's like, no, I'm actually just defending myself. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm but just call it what you me. want. Yeah. Did you ever feel, because you said that since you were young, you were bullied for talking in a way that was feminine or acting in a way that was feminine. Did you ever feel like you were, I guess maybe more when you came out as gay, like pressured to fit into a stereotype of a gay man? Does that make sense? Because Definitely, I- yeah. No, it does. Um, I think what's, it's hard because it's like you meet a ton of people and like I think the biggest thing that I could define for that like kind of scenario is like the GBF term, you know, and like someone calling me a GBF or anything like that, whereas it's like, that's fine. I don't, I mean, I personally don't like GBF just because that does feel extremely, I don't know. I mean, there's a whole movie about how the stereotype behind GBF. It's you almost know? objectifying. It is. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I am not like someone's best friend. Like I am Connor, my own individual person, you know? Um, so it is tough. Like when I meet girls at a party or at the bar, you know, and I'm just trying to have fun, like doing whatever I want to do to have fun, which often means shaking my ass, which is fine. <laughs> right. But like at that though, though, it's too, it's like immediately every girl assumes that because I am showing I am gay, that I have to be either like their best friend or talk to them about everything or give them all of my attention or like do whatever, which is frustrating. And like, I do like the attention for sure. But at the same time, it's like, I'm just here. Like you are here to have fun. Like, I don't need all that extraness about you love me so much or that I'm so slay or all of that. You know, it's like my friends are over there. Like, I'd rather go talk to my friends right now and like dance with them. Like the reason I came, you know, and it does feel like at some point, like some people do start obsessing over sexuality and like the different ways you portray your sexuality, even with like guys who like make fun of like a pose or like they do something like purr after I say something, you know, it's like. I don't find that necessarily offensive, but it's still like the elephant in the room. Like you're doing that because there's right. a gay person in the room. Right. Are you just saying that to me because you know that I'm a gay man? Exactly. Like, you don't have to change the way you're talking to me because because I'm gay. Exactly. And then there's the added pressure of like, do I have to laugh at that now too? Or if I don't laugh back to that sensitivity thing, am I being sensitive? And right. it's like, my God, what a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> just goes round and round. So, okay. So you brought up the GBF thing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an experience with a girlfriend specifically that you where you felt like you were she kept you around just to be like that gbf in her life you have yeah so my i went to boulder for two years before coming to csu um and my first year at boulder um i didn't have a ton of friends i mainly had like this one girl from my hometown 
Um, and I remember like she would open the door or like we'd be knocking on someone's dorm or whatever, just trying to meet people and like would always introduce me as like her GBF or whatever. And like, that was just like, I, and I don't even know what to do in that moment. Like you still introduce yourself one, like you're just meeting a new person. Like you're going to be like, hi, I'm Connor after being introduced like that. But at the same time, it's like, that is so demeaning. And it's like, now these people know me as just your gay best friend, which also like, it just, it, that stresses me out too. Cause I feel like. In some people's mind, as soon as you are labeled as, like, a GBF or something, like, you are seen as, like, the gay friend, you know? And especially in a, in a school where there's a lot of straight people, that can make you feel ostracized, you know? Being called or referred to as the gay friend, whereas everyone else is just Joe and Terry. Right. It's also, like, like you said, it's really demeaning to be minimized in a weird way. It's not just, like, a person. Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're automatically you're being defined by your sexuality, which is... Just not the way that it should go. Exactly, yeah. Or do you still talk to her? Are you guys still um, No, we're not. Um, but that wasn't like a huge factor in it, but still that was something that I was like, do I really want to be friends with someone who is referring to me as my sexuality, especially considering they know I just came out? I'm like, that's a lot. Right. <laughs> so you had just come out, what, like a couple months before Literally, that then? Literally, yeah. And you're like still coming to terms with the fact that like you're openly gay. Exactly. And this girl was just like telling everybody for you. Everyone like that she knows, like and their moms. I'm like, hey, perf. Like, thank you. I guess. Yeah. I guess this is okay. I know. I'm like really diving right into it now, aren't we? So when you came out, did you have a lot of people saying like, oh, we knew? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Like, that was That is also another reason I didn't come out in high school was because I... Felt like me coming out in high school would be validation to anyone who's bullied me from sixth grade to senior year of high school, you know? You didn't want to give them that? No, like, I didn't want, like, as much as it's, like, I am gay, it's not that I'm ashamed of it. It's, like, no, like, you don't get to, like, see me now live my life now happy while you've bullied me my entire life and just watch from the sidelines. Like, no. Like, I'm going to move on from my, from that life that I've lived with, like, a lot of amazing people and take the amazing people with me and, like, live those experiences for myself and, like actually be a part of it like be present with myself while i'm living in a new life which was huge and i love it but so when people would say those things to you did that ever like did that ever bother you or were you like haha yeah um yeah i would say it does bother me like a little bit more not because of the fact that it's like they're thinking something about me being gay it's more of just like why is everyone so concerned also like i don't understand that part of it like I never understood why anyone cared how I said a certain word. Like, that was always confusing me as a sixth grader. But, like, there we go. We still have someone, you know, standing up in the middle of class and saying something to me until I leave, you know. But it's still, like, it hurts, but it's more of, like, I'm more confused. Like, that hurt comes from a place of confusion. Like, why do you all care so much? Like, let me just live. And, like, that's what I even did when I left Boulder and came here. Um, It was, like, different, not necessarily about my sexuality, but it was just a bad experience that I had there. And I was, like... I'm not going to go off on anyone. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to move on with my life and like let those people with their opinions exist with their opinions while I live my life to the best of my ability. And like that was, I guess it's hard to hear, but it's still like that at least is pushing me into the right direction. So you mentioned you were bullied and you said sixth grade and people, you said somebody stood up in the class. Yeah. Is that... I remember this. So this was um, in yeah. my art class, sixth grade. I was just like sitting there and... There was this kid behind me, and I was like, the teacher's at the front of the class. We were towards the back, kind of. And it was just, like, two rows of seats, so it wasn't a ton of seats. But he was just right behind me, and, like, the entire time we had class, it was, like, free draw day or something. Um, He was just saying, like, homo, like, fag, like, you're gay, like, just constant. And I was just sitting there, like, with tears dripping down my face, not turning around. Like, I was so mortified. I was more worried about other people hearing what he was saying than actually what was coming out of his mouth. Um, until the point where like, it was just so overwhelming and I was so humiliated that I just got up and left and like went to the principal's office and just hung out there for a couple hours. So I was like, I do not want to go back to class. Like there's clearly an issue here. Um, and that was like a lot of experiences I had though. Like most, a lot of times in middle school I was eating, you know, with like the assistant principal or the principal or with a favorite teacher or whatever, which is like interesting. Cause in middle school, I d- it's not like I didn't have friends, I just, I felt so distant from, like, every person, literally every single person. Um, And I also went through a lot of self-harm in that time, too, because of the fact that, one, I'm being called gay every single day I go to school. Two, I'm realizing I am actually gay and that these other kids in my school aren't or have not been, you know, presenting similar qualities of mine. So it was just a lot coming down on me. At the same time, I felt distant from my family because I realized I was different from the rest of them. 
all my friends are at lunch, but I'm being called a fag in the back of the classroom. So I have to sit with the assistant principal. And like, you don't tell your friends these things either. Cause it's like, if I were to go up to my friend and be like, I'm being called gay I'm being called fag every single day. Like I'm worried that they're going to be like, well, are you? That's right. literally what my sixth grade therapist asked me. So it's like, they asked you that? Yeah, immediately. My first therapist, I like was talking about why I went there. And it was after uh, my parents had discovered like my self-harm um, tendencies, I guess, in middle school. And so I went to, I had to go to a therapist through the school. And um, I told him about what was going on, whatever. And the first question he asked me is if I was gay. He was just like, well, I mean, are you gay? And I was, it's not that's a bad question to ask. It's just that I'm literally like 12. And every right. day I'm being called a homo. So it was... That immediately pushed me away from therapy and then once again made me feel more distant because I had this straight male therapist who was asking me these questions, making me feel like I am the estranged one or I'm the one that has all these people looking at him, calling him names, asking him questions. It was just such a like overwhelming like formation of time for myself. And I was so young too that it, it definitely, you know, affected the way I, I live today, the way I like lived through the rest of that time, the way I went through high school. But um yeah, it was a lot. The bullying was constant for sure. In high school too? High school um, lessened up. It wasn't like the the stereotypical form of bullying where it's like some this random kid I literally am not friends with is just screaming shit at me. Right. It's more of like um, like friends of yours that like poke fun, but the poking fun gets too far. That's what like all of high school was for me, honestly, because I was hanging out with all the kids who did sports and did all that and stuff. And like there was clearly, I mean, my friends were like six, seven on the basketball team. Like wow. I was clearly the odd one out. And they were also something really weird about our friend group. Everyone was dating like everyone in our friend group in high school, like all the time. So like kind of the eyes were always on me. And like also <laughs> on top of all the right. other stuff that they've all witnessed throughout my life. It's like it always did feel like I was ostracized and just not a part of what everyone else got to be a part of, which is like, I want to say hundred percent true. Cause right. I would have loved to have a boyfriend in high school and had that been normal and fine. And like been able to go on a double date with my friends when we were 16 or whatever, you know, but it's like, those aren't things I'll ever be able to experience, which is fine because, because of my experience, I will live whatever life that comes from that, you know, and that's fine. They're living whatever li their life comes from that. And that's okay. It's just still hard to remember sometimes. So where did you grow up again? Um, I grew up in a suburb outside of Chicago. Okay, and so there weren't, at least when you grew up there, it didn't feel like there were many other people who were like you? No, not at all. No, yeah. So you mentioned dating. Have you, since coming out, gone or experienced that dating world within the LGBTQ community? I honestly have not really. So I actually went to Boulder originally for like that kind of experience. Like I thought it was going to be a lot more um diverse in people than it was it literally was like the it was like where i lived basically on like but worse so that sucked and i expected to find a sense of community there and there was zero um which is then why i came to csu i didn't want to leave colorado but i did want to find what what i could find in a community and i i know csu definitely had that community but in terms of lgbtq um, I definitely have made more friends in the community, which has been extremely nice. But in terms of dating, honestly, like the dating apps, which is something super interesting for gay people. I think a lot of gay people could understand this or honestly relate to it. It's extremely sex oriented. So there's a lot of like hypersexual people on there that have either, I don't know, you know, not experimented and now have all this like pent up energy that it just needs to be released sexually. So like if I were to open like Grinder right now, I could probably show you like 20 dick pics that no I way. and like from 60 year old men. Like I I'm the one who puts the filter on. So like I can only look for what I want to work for, but if like or look for what I want to look for. But if a 60 year old man like wants an 18 year old boy, he just sets it to 18 year olds and then sends them dick pics. Like it's crazy. Wow. So that was actually gonna be one of my questions. I was gonna ask what is the community like on yeah. Grinder? Like on yeah, it's extremely hypersexual. And then like the other Part of it, too, is, like, if with, like, Tinder and Hinge or, like, other services that aren't really kind of just based around sex, um, it's, like, there's not a ton of people my type on there, too, which I think is difficult because I think, um, like, my type, I don't think a lot of them have probably, like, come to senses or come to terms with who they are um, since I like more masculine men or people who have, like, who have mimicked, you know, the way I used to live my life as a straight person, which was me playing sports and, you know, hanging out and drinking beers or doing whatever, you know, like, that's what I'm more attracted to, which is then difficult because those people, 
they don't want they have a great life how they are living right now you know and they don't just like me they don't want to take that away and it's a really hard process to start getting towards like am i going to be gay like am i going to live that lifestyle am i going to go down that path and i think that's another aspect too especially in college that's kind of where you start realizing all those things that i think I'm very hopeful for after here because I'm going to Denver and I'm thinking it's going to be pretty busy. I've heard Denver is <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be busy down there. But as of right now, <laughs> I'm like, I haven't experienced it. But also I'm like very OK with that because I'm now finally living my life as a fully gay like man. And it's opened up so many experiences for me. And I've lived my, I've had so much fun in college, which is so like amazing for me considering Boulder was like my god right um so like i've kind of just been living for myself right now which i think was really important since i literally didn't do that for like 18 years of right. my life yeah um and just like kind of being happy with who i am and who i'm becoming has been like i think a lot more fulfilling than a relationship could be definitely yeah you talked about how your type is a masculine manly man and you feel like those types of men maybe haven't felt comfortable or had that chance to really kind of connect with themselves and maybe come out have you experienced any men who, <laughs> he already knows I'm going to ask, <laughs> who are quote unquote straight that maybe will try to hit on you or go on to one of those dating? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like plagued my existence. Literally my whole love life is defined by that person. So it's really common. Yeah. Like I have dealt with it. I dealt with it in Boulder. I dealt with it in high school and I dealt with it at CSU so it's definitely difficult, like, going around that. Like I said earlier, talking about, like, the kiss under the bleachers in high school or whatever, you know? Like, you're watching all of these people in sororities and fraternities connect and do all these different things, and it's so fun. And, like, you're hearing all the stories about your girlfriends doing all these different things, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's like you want to, you know, experience that part, too. And then when you get the opportunity, though, it's like, what do I do with this? You know, what do I do with this man who has no idea who he is or what he wants? but is clinging on to me now, you know? And especially it gets messy when like other friends get involved too, you know? And it's like, it's it's there's no good way to deal with it at all because either way, I'm probably gonna get hurt. I don't know who I can talk to about it because I don't wanna out someone or expose anyone. Right. And, but all at the same time, that person continue what they're doing to me, flirting with me, hitting on me, touching me, doing whatever they do. But I can't say anything, otherwise they could expose me. I could be, or, um, called out for exposing them or outing them. It's just a whole messy circle, you know? And like, or that person could turn it right back on you and be like, well, you're the gay one. You were hitting on me. Right. And it's like, right. I don't know how to win that situation. And there's so many paths you could take too that it's like, I don't even know how you can choose, you know? And it's, I've, I literally could not give advice on how to handle that because I'm not good at it myself. So how do they usually go about it? Like, what is, how do they kind of confront you do they text you how does it go yeah so i would say like something important to note is that it always kind of, like it's for a gay person you always have to understand when you're talking to like another man if and you're trying to figure out if they're flirting with you it would be extremely more like dismissive towards their actions than assumption or assuming of them because i think oftentimes like even a eye contact from certain people you think they're flirting you know right. and for me it's like if i'm talking to one of my guy friends or if i'm talking to a guy or whatever it's like i have to look past so many things until it's so blatantly obvious in my face that i can be like no i know what this is like this is not just normal friend talk and that was like that happened many different times to the point where it's like then they start clinging on to me. And I, I use the word infatuation a lot because it does feel like they're just infatuated by me. It's not like they're, you know, pulling me into a room and trying to, like, make out with me or whatever. It's just that I can't get away from them or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can't, like, you know, dist get any distance from them. Like, if I'm talking to friends, somehow they're right behind me. And then it's, like, playful, like, tasing or, like, tickling or whatever. And it's, like, why is this happening? <laughs> or it's, like, right. it's, like, even, like, FaceTime, like, long FaceTime calls or, like, texts and phone calls. It's, like, yes, I really appreciate you doing this as a friend, but it's, like, who else are you doing this to? And, like, right. how long do I just sit there until I'm, like, okay, what is happening? Like, why are you doing this? Like, if it is friendly, great, but, like, make it obvious because, like, the blurring of the lines, especially when there's two sexualities involved or quote unquote two sexualities involved. It's like really messy and like someone's going to get hurt. Right. So they're almost fetishizing. Yeah. Honestly, that's it does feel like that at most times. Do you have you ever been and this might be kind of a weirdly personal question. And I don't want you to answer it if you don't feel comfortable. But I know that there's also from the other end of the spectrum stereotypes of gay men fetishizing turning on a straight man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
how common is that? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. So for me, it's like, it's hard because it's like, I often like accuse myself of doing that. But I've realized like by just like introspecting a lot more than I usually do that. Like I am a man who's attracted to men. And if there's a straight man, like there's an odd, I am attracted to them. Right. But it's not that I'm going to go out of my way to like, quote unquote, turn them or do anything like that. Like that I personally don't understand because it's like, especially being gay, you should be like the one to understand that sexuality is sexuality. And like, if someone, if someone, if a girl came up to me and tried to like, quote unquote, turn me, I'd be extremely offended, you know? And that actually has happened before. That's what was a nut story. Really? Do you want to delve into it? Yeah, literally. This was crazy. This was the most crazy thing. So I was visiting CSU my sophomore year uh, at at CU. And um, I was visiting my friends. Everyone, they were having like a party, whatever. I was at the party and there was this like, drunk girl there who I like loved at first I was like you're so fun like she was so fun to hang out with and just like party with but then like as the night went on more drinks came like she just got like clearly drunk and was like touching me and like saying that she's like always wanted to like make out or hook up with like a gay guy and like it's been something she's always wanted to do and was like grabbing at my shirt and like taking my waist to the point where I had to get like other people involved and be like please get her away from me and, like, get her off of me. Oh, my God. And so it is interesting because it's, like, there is that, like, straight boy aspect of, like, why is this boy all over me? But there's also then that other aspect of, like, the the female um, perception of, like, I've always wanted to hook up with a gay guy. Like, what a feat, what a feat, whatever. Like, it's, like, it's from both ends, which is so odd. Right, women fetishize it, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's, like, if they're not obsessed with you for just being gay, they're obsessed with you because, like, you're intimate and you're gay and it's like that's so weird that's so weird yeah people are fucking bizarre honestly question on kind of going back to um men in the dating world how do you kind of find out if a man is gay like do you or yeah or interested in you because you've said that you yeah you haven't dated yet but have you experienced like the kind of flirtiness of another man and how do you know if he's if he is gay yeah so for me i take the safe route I'll be honest like when I'm out I'm more focused on like myself and my friends having fun than like finding or like seeing someone I'm attracted to if I do see someone I'm attracted to I honestly like let it go because I also don't want to be the person that like makes someone else feel uncomfortable or like is too forward or whatever um and so like I often just like if someone sees me and they're attracted to me and like they come up to me then I'll like start the conversation you know and like do all that but I've only ever really let people come up to me than I've ever really gone up to someone and, like, questioned them. Do you feel like you have good, quote-unquote, gaydar? And is that even mm. a real thing? Yeah, that's, like, that's a tough question, too, because it's, like, I would like to think that I do. But also it's hard because it's, like, some, especially, like, now, I think it's been a lot more validated for men to be more feminine or feminine in some of their mannerisms. So, like... I would say gaydar does exist, but it's a lot more, like, there's a wider spectrum than I think the gaydar, like, allows for. Because in my mind, gaydar is, like, if someone's acting gay or if they're straight, you know? Which I think is become what it's become in the media or, like, kind of just over social media. Um, whereas I think it should be more of, like, like, I gauge it more of, like, that person kind of is acting a little gay. Like, and if I if I think they're attractive, I'll be like, yeah, I'll definitely like go talk to them more because of that. But as soon as I realize and that's like not or if they're not into it, it's like, okay, maybe they're not, and that's fine. How do you feel that the LGBTQ plus community is portrayed in the media? I think mainstream media gay movies, like that movie that just came out, like Bros or whatever, like that one is it's it's hard because it's it's nice to see mainstream representation of the community but it's also hard because it like that movie was like solely based around sex which i think is something that is extremely put on the gay community especially i mean even when like in the 1980s and 90s when the aids epidemic was happening all anyone could think about is gay sex and so it's like their whole life or the whole like i feel like gay community has always had that like that curiosity of of sex for whatever reason within their community from other communities and so I was it's a little disappointing to watch when those movies solely focus around you know sex or like horny men or like whatever because it's like that's just not you know an accurate representation but I have seen some movies I can't remember the names of them right now that I actually feel like did a really good job at like portraying real like gay love and so there's some good really or really good TV shows too that I've done that for me too but I will say there is Slight, and it's hard too when the director's like straight or whatever too, because it's like you know what it's gonna it's gonna be 
straight people writing gay lines, which is always a disaster. Right. So it's it's hard sometimes. But I, I will say there are some good ones out there, but I will say they can help propel that stereotype a lot sometimes, too, especially in mainstream media. Interesting. Yeah. And then so you mentioned the hypersexualization um, of gay men and, and also women and mm-hmm. anybody in the LGBTQ community. Um, and then you also mentioned that on Hinge, there's a lot of hypersexual people. Um, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit by saying maybe it's because they never really had the chance to come out. And then when they finally did, they were like, okay, I can, I'm finally able to explore my sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there anything beyond that, do you think, as to why people are maybe more hypersexual in the community? Yeah, so I think another aspect could be like, like for example, on Grinder, there's literally a setting where you can put down low as like one of your characteristic types, which like means you're just not out or that you don't want people knowing you're out. And like okay. also on Grinder, there's people that don't use profile pictures and it's like, you will not see my face unless like you whatever, whatever, whatever. Like it's it's extremely secret, which I think also helps play into it too. Like that sense of like shame coming from people who do realize they're gay and then come out that like that pushes them towards a hypersexual lifestyle. Like it kind of drowns out any other thought you have about being gay and you're just doing your basic, you know, sexual needs. I think that could be a factor too. Cause I think for a lot of people, like when you're ashamed of something, you also can't like, it's because you can't stay away from it or you can't stop doing it or whatever. And I think right. that's, it's kind of a, na- a nasty cycle for people in the community too. That sense of shame, but also that sense of like, I still am. It kind of like helps it spiral, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Because is... there's definitely like something there. Because I mean, it's it's I've I can even t- like explain how many people I've talked to that that is the case. Even my gay friend at home, who's a woman, like she's gone through the exact same things on dating apps at home, but with women, you know. Right. And it's like there's clearly like a trend and a pattern there. It is interesting though to like try to figure out or like try to examine why there is a pattern. Yeah, I mean, you hear about like stories of people who were maybe sexually assaulted when they were younger. So there's like a lot of hypersexuality that kind of that they develop within their personalities or people that weren't able to kind of for example people part of the lgbtq community or just people that weren't able to express themselves um and their sexuality who end up kind of years later being hypersexual because they're like yeah i get to kind of be me now and explore that side of me but i think there's like a stigma and a stereotype around people who who do feel that way yeah like and there's a stereotype just around sex in general when you mix the two it's like there's going to be a lot of different influences like to helping you decide what you're going to do. Okay, this is a silly question. Okay. If you have a boyfriend mm-hmm. and a man comes over and slaps your ass, okay, do you want to beat him up? <laughs> or are you like, is he trying to fuck me? So I have a boyfriend and like a boy came over <laughs> while my boyfriend was there or like yeah, was yeah. the boyfriend there or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you guys together and a man comes over and like slaps your ass. And he's not like mm, angry, but he slaps your ass, which let's let's say there's like a it's a heterosexual relationship okay. and, and a man comes over and slaps a straight man comes over and slaps a straight woman's ass. Uh-huh. It'd be like, OK, what the fuck? Yeah, right. Yeah. I've I would not like that. But that's primarily because of an experience I had in High Point where like. This guy was so hammered and had a wife and two kids that I found out after and was like trying to take my pants off and was grabbing like my dick and like grabbing my ass and like trying to like get his hands all up in me. Wow. And that was like a nice definitive moment, I'd say <laughs> for me of like touching. And I'm like, I'm, I hate it. I'm like, unless it's like, obviously I know what's coming or it's consensual, whatever. But I'm like a stranger. Like there's really no reason you even need to touch me. <laughs> so true. Like there's no so reason. True. I'm like, keep walking. Like, where were you going? <laughs> like, go there. Why are you trying to take my pants off exactly. in high point, a college bar when I know, you have a wife like, and kids? Where are your two kids? <laughs> Okay. No, I like that one. That was good. That's interesting too, because I like when I initially even thought about it, I was like, I first thought about like, well, would my boyfriend be mad? But I'm like, also like, bitch, me, like, hello. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. What are probably like the biggest misconcept, biggest misconceptions that people have about the LGBTQ community, and how can we address them? I would say, um, like the terminology around top and bottom, because. Like, those do exist, but I feel like no one ever, like, talks about verse, you know? 
Because, like, that is, like, it's, like, there's top verse and bottom, you know? Sure. And it's, like, it's interesting because it's, like, I think it's extremely easy for people's heads to go immediately, like, that's the female in the relationship or, like, the, Mm. like, feminine guy in the relationship and, like, that's the guy of the relationship, you know? And so I'm, like, it's interesting because, like, you don't even know if, like, the one you're calling the girl is fucking the guy, you know? And it's, like, there are people that are like that. They are verse where they switch it up or they do that. And I'm, like... It's interesting because it's, like, considering how obsessed everyone is over gay sex, that, like, that's not talked about, you know? Right. So, like, that's probably more common than you're finding a top and a bottom, you know? Which makes sense. I mean... I know. I'm like, (laughs) girl, we got the same stuff. We have the same stuff. Um, Sometimes you wouldn't just want to get fucked. Sometimes you also want to do the fucking and vice versa. And that's the same thing with, like, sex with straight people. Like, it's, it's such a good point because it's, like, there's a lot of women who are, like... I'm really dominant in bed and I like to be the one who takes control. So I don't think it's really fair to kind of put it on, oh, you're this or you're this. Yeah, like you, exactly. It's, it's, so can you can you explain for the people that don't know like what verse means? Yeah. So like I, I think a good way of putting it is both partners in the relationship do not feel as though they are either a top or a bottom. They feel as though that they're fluid in their positions with each other. So I think, like, for example, someone could literally bottom for six months, you know, and then they decide that, like, the top who was topping them, now they want to bottom, so they do it for a year or whatever. Like, it's a more, it's a lot more fluid, like, I would say straight, like, how people envision straight sex to be than it is, than it is top and bottom. And, like, this person's getting fucked, and then this person's fucking, and that's it for the rest of their lives, you know? Do you think that um, gay men play into that at all? Or do you think that they would... Because I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, I'm a top, oh, I'm a bottom. Yeah. In the same way that that straight people will say, oh, I'm a submissive or I'm a dominant. It basically means the same exact yeah, thing. Yeah, no, literally. Um, but do you think that that's like played into it all? Or I think that like personally for me, if I get asked that question, I just say bottom because it's a lot easier. <laughs> like, bottom, okay, fine. Yeah, like it's just so much easier <laughs> okay, than having to be like, well, you see here, you know, especially because it's like if people like a lot of people aren't extremely educated on the LGBT community. So it's a lot easier just to feed into what they already know and avoid those questions than it is to just be like, let me explain it to you, you know? You're like, actually, can I, do you have a minute? (laughs) Yeah, literally. (laughs) Do you you have a minute for me to explain this to you? Um, What advice would you give to somebody who is struggling with their sexuality or may not really feel accepted, maybe whether it be by their family or friends? I think my first piece of advice is to stop looking at what other people are doing first and foremost. Cause I think what was hard for me coming out was the idea of like a timeline on top of like, does it have to be this big special, like special thing? Like, do I have to post on Instagram because I just came out to my parents? Like all of those things like literally don't matter at all. Like I came out the way I wanted to come out and like, I don't regret a single thing. I don't regret not posting it and not getting through under comments about how everyone loves me. You know, it's like, I don't miss any of that because everyone who needed to know knows. And I did it on my own time, which I am very proud about myself for and not, you know, just spurting it out and trying to get it over with. Um, I also think it's important in terms of like trying to find a community that if you can't find one that that's okay. Because like for me in Boulder, I literally thought I was never going to find a community. I was waiting for college to end. I was honestly just wanting to move on with the rest of my life. And then actually putting myself into a situation where I would have to find a new community transferring to CSU. It was terrifying, but like it literally taught me that the scariest things are the things that I need to be doing. And I think just trying to put yourself out there and trying to find a community, even putting yourself in that community, even if you don't feel like it's right at first, putting yourself in it and just feeling a sense of community, even if it's like imposter syndrome, it's still important because then you find out what you actually do want in a community. Because if I didn't know what I even wanted at Boulder, I thought I wanted what I had at home. and That's not what I wanted. I wanted exactly what I have here. And I didn't know that or I wouldn't have known that unless I visited. And I I came here every so often. And I actually was like, no, I could get used to coming here. And then I did. And now I am used to it. So I think it's important just to, like, keep that sense of persistence with what you're doing, but also realize that your life is your life. And, like, no one can tell you how to live it. And you do whatever you want. And it's more it's extremely more relieving and I, th- I think fulfilling when you do things on your own time and by w- or by what you want to do instead of feeling the pressure of the environment around you and giving into that pressure right so there's always like a community and you can find exactly. it there if it's not your family you will find people that can 
connect and yeah, accept and I understand you. A hundred percent. And I also just like I, I'd be I would say don't be afraid to like get up and just leave, you know, like change something about your environment because it's huge. As soon as you leave the environment you're in, you realize so much more about yourself, who you want to become, like who you want your friends to be. And just also like getting into that new space, like there's so much more opportunity to meet like amazing people. And like, you have no idea who's out there waiting for you, you know? And like, I didn't think there was anyone waiting out for me in Boulder. And like, I was so wrong. And so I find it, I'm glad I picked up and left. I just decided to leave. And like, it was horrifically, like so scary to like, have to admit to everyone that, you know, you're not staying at the school you signed up for or that. Like you have to transfer cause you have no friends or whatever, but it's like, whatever, do it. Like you're doing what you want to do. And now I'm happy. Like, I couldn't be more more thankful for any decision I've made. Whether or not there's kind of shame that comes with what you're doing, just be true to yourself and you will find acceptance yeah. somewhere. Yeah, and you can. You're never alone. Yeah. You know, there's been things with, like, people who are Jews or people, and I'm Jewish, so whatever, but also people that are Muslim, like Islamophobia. There's... um. All these sort of people, all these different groups of people who have been oppressed and whatnot, but they've always had rights to be whoever they wanted to be. Yeah, we get, so true. right? Yeah, they get discriminated against and stuff. Why do you think that the LGBTQ community's rights are still being put into question in 2023? I was like, I honestly, like that I, I don't get because it's like, that was a precedent case. Like, it's, I don't even know how that can be taken out of court. Like, I was really confused by that. I'm also, it's, again, that thing of, like, we aren't, like, the drag shows, all that right now, how they're trying to ban drag shows or, like, even gay, edu like, the, even saying gay in school. I'm, like, what I just don't get is that, one, like, it's been talked about by so many people, it's not hurting anyone, like, they're coming for drag queens before they're coming for guns, which I'm like, whatever. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because they're a lot more harmful. Yeah, literally. <laughs> as like a drag show has been shot up by a gun. Like, hello. Right. So it's like, it's just tough because it's, I don't, I what I don't get is like, like, what's the need? Like, actually, like, who just sat up in the room and was like, wait, like, the gays are still here and they still have rights. Like, what do we do about that? It's like, we need to fix this. Yeah, exactly. It's not like there was like right. some huge thing with the gays that came out and everyone's like, we have to question this now. It's like, no, like, we literally have been doing what we've been doing since you passed the bill in 2015, which 2015 is way too late, in my opinion, to start with. Like, insanely late, actually, disturbingly late. Yeah. Once again, like, why are we on everyone's radar? That's what I'll just never really understand. Cause, like, I mean, like all I can't even think of a ton of mainstream, you know, gay people to even upset anyone. Like I'm thinking of I don't I don't even know, like fucking well, Ellen. Which yeah. I mean, screw Ellen, but still <laughs> Ellen it's was like the only one. <laughs> literally. I'm like, screw Ellen, like she bothers me. But like still it's like that's the only person I can really think of in the high, high mainstream media that's LGBTQ. Right. I'm like, she's not causing a stir in any politics. So I'm like, how we're involved in politics, like is so confusing to me. Like, there's, I can't think of one reason to like trigger it, you know? Well, I'm, the only reason I could think of is religious values and things that, but you know what I just found out? This is actually crazy. So, okay, we have a friend who grew up religious and is still religious and she reads the Bible and whatnot. Um, but she told me, she was like, it's weird because I went through a time, a period of time when I wasn't really loving all of the things that I was being taught in mm. church, which was like, we don't accept gay people. And she was like, I found that really weird. But then she told me that in the Bible, it says like man should not sleep with man, right? The actual Man real... should not lay with child. Exactly. She told me that. That was crazy for me to find out. She said the actual literal Hebrew translation is man should not lay with like boy. Boy, child. Yeah. Boy. Yeah, man should not lay with boy. And it's like, I mean, for a moment I was like, okay, I guess those crazy ass religious people just really want to stick to the Bible and are like this. But like, if you really want to stick to the Bible, you stick to the Bible, then, then you yeah. know, then you should know this. Yeah, exactly. It's Which, crazy. And it's also, it's like that. It's always been a discussion of like separating, you know, church and state and how no one's personal beliefs should be dictating politics. But right. like, I mean, there's literal, you know, um, live feeds of politicians saying, well, my personal beliefs are governed by the Bible and the Bible states. And it's like, you saying that, you shouldn't even be sitting in a chair here. Right. Like, go home and, like, talk to someone else about your opinion. Right, then you're biased exactly. and you shouldn't be involved in politics. Yeah, it's exactly. Normal. And I'm like, right. clearly, I'm like, whoever voted for him, but I don't know. It's, right. all of that is just, like, confusing to me, too. Because it's also, it's like, you watch other politicians and, like, 
they're so good at just like making people or like using, you know, progressive language or actually acknowledging that these communities exist and that they're struggling. And it's like, I, I used to think it was just more of like, it's not talked about in politics. Like, don't talk about it. But clearly it is. And there are people who are actually supporting it, which is why I'm like, it's it's crazy that like hate can get you into office, you know? But Insane. like, that's the point where we're at, which is, you know, it's depressing, but. Yeah, people who are really passionate about something, whether it be a hateful idea, they'll be like, okay, well, he has this really strong belief. It's like, no, that's, that's hateful. Mm-hmm. That's a really hateful mm-hmm. belief. But they don't even have the courage in themselves to like realize that because like they've never had any reason to be hated by anyone. Exactly. And it's like, well, we, and that's why everyone in office is white and we were born and everyone was white. Like it's like everyone has had the same experience <laughs> and they want to have the same experience and we're like, no. We're right. good. All right. How do you feel like your sexuality has shaped who you are today? Yeah, I think it's mainly shaped like my abilities, like not like problem solving necessarily abilities, but just the way that I like go about my life each day has it's definitely impacted that. Like I used to have honestly a lot of like like I, I loved being an extrovert. It was kind of like my whole personality. It was like going out 24 seven. And I think just after coming out and like actually prioritizing myself and like what I want to do with myself, I've realized that I'm not necessarily someone who needs to go out like every single day. Like I enjoy time with myself. And I would say like the biggest thing after like really coming out is I've actually like learned to just be best friends with myself. Like I used to like hate driving around. Like I would turn off certain music if I like the songs. I'm like, stop singing that song. You know, I don't I didn't want to associate myself like with what was like gay and so was this but you said before you came Mm -hmm. out yeah and so after it's kind of like i've actually just started to like literally love like actually love myself like i it's like crazy like how much i literally feel like a narcissist when i say that like (laughs) but it's like it's nuts because it's like i spent so much time just kind of like hating like every aspect about myself you know and it's like i've now learned to love myself and I think loving yourself dictates so much of what you do in your life and like who you surround yourself with and like what you allow yourself to be put through or like how you handle a situation and like I've I've seen so much emotional maturity in myself like in terms of I hate that I'm even saying this word right now because we hate this word here but like even in terms of like sensitivities like I used to let things really really get to me to the point where they like ruin a week or like two weeks and like now that I've kind of accepted everything I've gone through in my life and like how much I've gone through, it's a lot easier for me to like move on with things and just like be okay with what the present is and like what the future brings, I guess. Like right. I've just kind of, I've had a lot more sense of security in myself and like a lot more um, just, I guess, overall love for myself, which is translated into like all the relations I've made now. And I used to be a bitch in high school, like, <laughs> oh my God, I was so, so mean. And like, I know why that was like, it's because I hated myself so much that all I could do was take it out on other people. And now like, I feel confident, you know, like I, I, I get called sweet and kind by a lot of my friends or by a lot of strangers. And it's like, I believe them. And it's like, I can, I feel myself putting such more positive energy into the atmosphere after the fact. And it, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm just radiating a lot more love and like good energy than I ever have before, which has definitely impacted, I think, every shape of my life. Awesome. So it's just shaped you in the way that you've gotten to be yourself. Exactly. Which is, <laughs> right. thank God, right? Thank God. I can't <laughs> what even a imagine. crazy thought. Can you imagine, though, those people? It's it's so sad. Like, the people that never even feel like they are able to come out. Yeah. I mean, and they I live their whole lives. Yeah. And I that. think about that with, like, even some of the guys who have, like, put or came on to me, too. Like, I... I get sad for them also thinking that I'm like, I could never even see them coming out or like doing anything with that part of themselves, which is like heartbreaking. Cause then, you know, like I know for a fact that like being gay, like that's very much so a part of your overall biology as like a human, like attraction and hormones are huge. So it's, it's frustrating or it's sad watching, you know, certain people grow up knowing that they're going to live half or like an aspect of their life, you know, if they're bi or live not or like not even live truly to themselves if they're gay. So it's like that's a it's hard to watch people go through that, especially not knowing if they are, but having a really good idea on who they are. You know, it's like, how do you even just like watch someone walk away and have to go through that and you can't do anything about it? It's like right. tough. Yeah, it's really sad. This is the last question for the podcast. But what is your favorite part about being a gay man? 
I? That's kind of a weird question. No, but I love it. I've never like really thought about that. What's your favorite part about it? Because I oh, I know immediately. This is kind of like a silly answer though. Um, when all of the all of my guy friends also hold the door open for me and like do all of like that (gasps) stuff. Are you serious? I like literally my favorite part is like. Not like being like this. I really do not want to be taken out of proportion. Not being treated like a female, but having the gentlemen still act like gentlemen to you, you know? Mm. I'm like, that part I can get behind. Like, everyone buys me a drink or like gets me some Wait, food. Wait, all the time? Not like all the time, but like if I ask, like they will, you know? Oh, and I'm like, cool. that is sick. So, like, if I was just like, you know, throwing a football with them in the IMs, like, I'm not getting a free drink. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so true. But like, girl, I'm getting that drink. What honestly, are the circumstances that you get free drinks? Like, it's just honestly like my guy friends here have like always been pretty great, honestly, with like how they treat me and like the certain words they use or just like behaviors that they do. Like they're very, very good at like trying to be progressive. So I think that like also them knowing that I'm often hanging out with like the girls of our friend group too, like they want to like treat me as if I'm in with the girls because that's who I hang out with, which I think is, right. you know, an attempt at like just making me feel comfortable, which I love honestly yeah, of course but it's i i do honestly just love to like i i have also been like extremely fulfilled this past year too because i've had a lot of guy friends that have even said before that they could never see themselves being friends like with a gay guy or like ever getting close with someone who's gay and like how being friends with me has also shaped like their perception on, on gay people or like the certain friends that they're going to make throughout their lives and like that for me has been like the most fulfilling part actually feeling like you're impacting someone's perception on like who you are and like who your people are too has been awesome. Cause like I could see that they probably would have never been really good friends with the gay person, but it's also really, really cool to be that gay person that is able to get along with so many different walks of life while also educating them. It's been, that's probably my, that's probably my favorite part for sure. And in turn, they then treat me like, you know, a king. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is what I've been waiting for my whole life. (laughs) Literally. I'm like, it took about damn time. Oh, that's so sweet, actually. Thanks, Connor, for coming on to Man to Man. It's been really enlightening and awesome. And I'm so grateful you felt comfortable talking about kind of really actually personal topics. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, is there anything else you want to say on the pod? Be you, girl. Be you, girl. It's easier to be you than it is someone else. So true. Love ya. Love you. Tune Thank in. you for having me, Anna. Of course. Tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye.